2: Hey, yo, what's good? Check it out. This is your boy, Elder Sensei, one half of the legendary artifacts. You are right now in tune to my man Tim Anenkell at the library on rapstation.com. Let's get it popping, y'all. Artifacts. Peace, Elder Sensei. I'm out.
1: Australian MC Remy and Sensible J have collaborated together along with producer Dutch on their new album, Roll All Times Infinity, an album which just won Australian Music Prize and will drop on April 14th of this year. Remy and Sensible J, welcome to the library with Tim Kel on rapstation.com. Thanks for having us, man. Good to be here, Tim. I want to go with the first track, the title track of the album, um, which is the first track off Raw Times Infinity. It was one of those tracks that I played like three times because I was trying to figure out where the hook was. Uh, and I was like, am I missing something? Um, so just, you know, straight fire. And it kind of reminds me of um, an Eric B. and Rakim Juice, Another Ledge, where it's just like spitting and, you know, whatever comes out. And it happens to be a hook. And yeah, whatever. But if there isn't mm-hmm. an effort, um, so with this track, was that the plan going in that you're just going to do a straight lyricist track, or and and if not, why did you guys decide on not having a hook on this track?
3: We're actually um, not closet fans. We're like open fans of the roots. Like they're you know one of our biggest influences, both musically and vocally, um, and. It's kind of our tribute to the roots on every one of our albums. They always do a straight rap track um, with Black Thought, Quest On, drums, and then some sort of bass line in it. And that's what we've done um, on our we've had like an album before this called regular people ish and now raw times infinity is like the debut by album um but on both of those records we've done a straight raw track and we'll probably continue to do so as absolutely to that you
2: won't have to listen to your boss or manager you can make it on your own paws and when hate the shame all media telling me that racial trash in the garbage bin Got white people scared of the skin. Got dog skin black people shaking like Parkinson at the frustration cuz they didn't do this makes sense like why my mama man and,
0: Is that hard,
1: I mean, for you as a writer, is that hard lyrically to do? I mean, do you, when you approach your music, do you approach it with the idea that you're going to have a hook, or do you, I guess, try to write as many non-hooky, is that a word? Non-hook tracks as possible.
3: I think it's all dependent on the song, you know what I mean? That one actually didn't take that long to write because it was
4: just in my mind i just knew we just need to rap and rap and rap and rap and I decided from the start it was going to be just a straight rap track yeah. and i just did the drums a couple of takes and that was that and then rem had i told him you got to do it in one take because yeah. i read somewhere that black thought had done that on the roots track web so you got to be able to do it in one shot with no edits yeah. and how many takes four you got on the fourth i think it was Yeah, it was the fourth. But yeah, that was sweet, whereas you know
3: other songs where it's meant to be more poignant or more topical, you definitely have to sit down and probably focus more, but sometimes it's just fun to rap, just to rap, you know? Another track on the album, FOH,
1: for opinionated humans. There's a reference in it of George Zimmerman, the Florida man who killed Trayvon Martin. Obviously, the reaction to Trayvon Martin's death was huge in the States. What was the reaction at the death of um, Trayvon Martin in Australia?
3: I guess it would depend who you ask. Definitely. I mean, a lot of Australia is very um, closed off, very isolated when it comes to any kind of global news. But a lot of my friends, especially people of colour, you know, when something like that happens, it's an injustice the world round. You know what I mean? It doesn't doesn't stop being an injustice just because it happened in the states. Just like you know, just like Boko Haram in Nigeria is an injustice, even though it's happening to Nigerian people. And so for me and my friends, it was just like it was kind of terrible to see something like that unfold, even being disabled disconnected from it but the actual reaction as far as like newsworthy or anything like that it wasn't really that existed you know it was mostly through social medias like Twitter because you know pretty much all of the US media I follow or US artists that I follow hip hop they were obviously disgusted by the, what had happened and that was flooding my newsfeed. and therefore you know I was disgusted by what happened
1: Two tracks that really stood out to me which I listened to Forever last night, back to back to back to back to back to back to back, was O to ignorance because you address issues that deal with race and immigration, um, and issues that we all understand. It's like one of those things that those tracks that you can just close your eyes, not know that you're an Australian MC and realize, all right, he's talking about it. You know, he's talking about issues that happen in America. And, and then I really like the track "Living," where you really go into unnecessary stress that we all go through to bust our asses for our bosses with little pain while they are able to get yachts and crap like that stuff. We all have, um, what, what purpose for both of you, actually what purpose uh, does rap music serve to you? I mean, is it to be, is it just like an art form to get stuff off your chest or is it really your, you, you see it as your job to kind of speak for the voiceless?
3: started off as just you know something fun something a way of just getting it off my chest for myself anyway Like uh, the beginning of my rap knowledge kind of came out of slum village i was listening to a lot of fantastic volume one and two and i loved it because it was more about the pattern patterns it was more about the rhythms and that, as opposed to what was actually being said it was about being more of an instrument than a vocalist um, but then after we'd Jay and I have been working together for a while it kind of just became apparent that there was a lot of things in my own life and a lot of things in the community that surrounded us the way the injustices or things that just needed to be said and it kind of felt you know especially when you're starting to gain any kind of notoriety even if it is small or large you have it's kind of on you to then I feel anyway you know especially with the music that we make and the People that we listen to from like Coleman, Mostaf, J Electronica, all these people handle their community in a way that, like, you know, whether it's uplifting or whether it's informative. And so it kind of felt like it was then my duty to kind of write more stuff like that. Because there's, you know, I felt like there was enough people saying stuff for like more of a party audience and all that stuff, which I still do. Um, But there was enough of that already and not enough of what we were talking about.
2: Got it twisted, maybe there was a class on how to think and I missed it. But I have got so many homies going bold as no because they're stretched out like of them fisted. We kicked around in school because they taught nothing of interest. We would have failed everything from math to piss test. Some of these kids left to start street science, got charged like Matador for trying to shift meth and me, and you know. On some Heisenberg, now they're grown smoking at home, fly some bird. Other kids dropped out and decided to start building
1: they call he German, but so we obviously, um, when Remy spits lyrics, it's easy for song the song listener song to song understand song his mission in the track. How, as a producer, do you do you tell us, or do you make it? How do you how do you make it that we know your mission in the track uh, is? It, I mean, obviously the lyrics help, but if you were to take his lyrics out and you had your own mission of the track, how would you tell us this isn't the mission of my track?
4: minor chords basically <laughs> I don't think there's one major chord on the whole album which then, then that kind of sets the tone for whatever Rem wants to talk about like Livin's got all, all minor chords played so it kind of instantly is a motive or a song like Tyson's led by like thumping drums so it's kind of like you gotta bring the energy in, hence the title Tyson came out yeah I do a lot of beats and we tend to pick the ones that without lyrics on them already have a, a sort of picture of what he can write to on it, I guess. Yeah, I've got a, a ton to sit on there, which are kind of nothing in feeling-wise. Like, there's no feels from it, but the ones RMX are yeah, instantly emotive, rhythmically or musically.
3: Going back to Slum Village, I think that's like a perfect example of how some beats can just carry emotion in them. Like it doesn't actually have to have that much writing over it. So you can just, you you feel something in that song. And a lot of the beats that Jay has, it might not be anything like what I was going to write to it, you know, but they would never write stuff that would fit their beats. So, you know, fall in love is like some beautiful, beautiful stuff. And then what they're rapping about is like, you know, raw stuff out of Detroit, but the hook and the actual, you know, the whole vibe of the song is something that's way more beautiful and something like more picturesque than what they can actually say on it.
1: So I've had this weird obsession, I don't know, just, of noticing a certain reference that a lot of American MCs do, and that's always like a Stevie Wonder reference. Okay. Uh, And I believe in living you do that. Um, You say even Stevie can see that it's nonsense to work for the boss to get new beamers. Why the Stevie Wonder reference and kind of what influence has he had in your music?
3: Stevie is like, part of my childhood, you know? Like, oh, um, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, Marvin Gaye. Um, that was, like, a few of the huge influences, just as a child, whether it actually directly influenced our music now, which it probably definitely has. But, yeah, it was just just because of that. And, like, you know, I don't know anybody who doesn't love Stevie, you know? <laughs> but then on top of that, obviously, also being... Like, my whole knowledge is based off hip hop, and I've done as much of my history as I have, as I can say I can um, to this point. Um, There's still plenty more to do, but, you know, going through that, that stuff gets stuck in your psyche, and it's, you know, it's also fun to kind of try and flip an obvious metaphor sometimes in a different way, like a new light. It might be in a way, like, obviously, everybody talks about how, you know, like the visually impaired, but they also, like, talk about bigging up Stevie as well, you know, like, because he's someone that obviously can feel like you know probably feels stronger than a lot of us can actually see and you know um, that's why it's fun I guess doing that kind of stuff and flipping around uh, we're speaking with Remy and uh, Sensible J they have
1: a new album coming out uh, along with Dutch uh, called Raw Times Infinity it drops April 14th uh, I want to get to another track of the album Tyson which is Euro to Mike Tyson and in the video it's I think it's essential to watch because in the video it's you training as if you're a boxer Seems really hard to do. So, what lessons do you take? Have you taken from Mike Tyson and our boxing, which you are able to use in any aspect of the art
3: that you do? Bow and weave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stick a move. Stick a move. Um, I, don't know, I guess it's as that animalistic. Um, that animalistic energy that Tyson really had when you're just rapping to rap, you know, like just to like get through and like, you know, come through with your hardest stuff and that energy when this doesn't necessarily need to be covering a topic. It doesn't necessarily need to be bigging up anything. It's just coming out and it's just rap and You can feel that energy that's something that tyson was a master of like you hear him talking about staring down his opponents and just waiting and like non-stop staring at them and staring at them and as soon as their eyes broke from his even if it was for a split second he knew he had them you know and it's kind of trying to get that like you know i can't lose uh mentality for certain songs you know what i mean like you know, you got to be humble on other stuff and you got to kind of show dimensions and all that but yeah sometimes you just got to come come with it and i feel like tyson always did that till he met holyfield and then he bit his ear
1: um (laughs) (laughs) when reading when reading up on you um and the artist that influenced you uh one artist that really stood out to me was jay dilla and jay dilla really stands out because jay dilla is the jay dilla is the producer that people don't realize they're listening to a jay dilla track Mm -hmm. like you you know you talk to someone like what's your favorite song and they're like oh i like dilla so blah 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 and you're like oh that's jay dilla and then he goes oh, i like you know tribe that's jay dilla you know so when did you first hear dilla and question for both of you uh what influence has he had on your art form
4: i think i first heard him i didn't know it was him on janet jackson got till it's gone because uh my neighbor had a, a big stereo hooked up to their television and they had a bit of money so they had mtv which was rare in australia and I always wondered what that weird bubbly bass noise was in because I hadn't heard that before on a track. And then maybe three years later, I bought The Roots, Things Fall Apart, and track six, Dynamite, Questlove on the Line of Notes wrote, produced by JD from Detroit. Uh, most people probably heard him but never knew it was him, exactly what you said, uh, with um, Farside. Uh, Running was one of my favorite songs. I didn't know it was Dilla. Janet Jackson, you mentioned, Got Till It has Gone. Didn't know it was Dilla. And a couple of Buster Rhymes joints. I like those songs didn't know it was dealer and he goes if you're a fan of The Roots go buy Fantastic 2 so I did what he said went and bought that and then changed my beat life from then because that how this dude program drums make it sound like a drummer like a real drummer with imperfections and the beat sort of hops a bit different to most most other people so biggest influence on my production as in to try and make all the program drums sound like it's a real drummer and the bubbly bass synth all that sort of stuff so yeah 2000 would have been what i heard rem i don't know the exact date we actually only
3: figured this out the other day um what's that buster joint everybody get high the um i think that yeah yeah so i heard that at school um i would have been for like 15 or something maybe fourteen, fifteen, and i heard this buster joint and i i been listening to a lot of buster at that time but i this was the one joint i just didn't know where to find it i couldn't get it i bet it was my favorite joint um and then i actually only realized a few, couple of weeks ago jay played it on his computer i'm like oh this is this is like got to be the first dealer joint that i heard and i didn't know um exactly that and then you know i would have probably gone through like um years of just hearing his joints around and not knowing again um like you know whether it was the remix of um stakes is high um i'd heard that like a long time before probably would have heard definitely would have heard janet jackson all that Um, but then when i started hanging out with jay he gave me the slum village first two records fantastic one and two and it was so weird because he just lit like especially you know the beats were incredible but from a rap standpoint the pockets that these guys were picking to lay down it just seemed like it was how it was meant to be you know what I mean they just do some stuff and it just doesn't make sense how it can fit that pocket but they do that and Dilla always seemed to me out of Slum Village just to be the strongest with the pockets, which is a big call to make because they all they were all incredible. But Dilla just had this way of you know whether it was cramming incredible amounts of words into like this pocket that shouldn't work or just spacing it out so it was like having a high another hi hat going on in the track. He always it was a massive influence on me like that definitely.
1: Iggy Azalea obviously really introduced Americans to Australian. Hip hop, or a, a, an Australian rapper, yes. so to say. That's us not yes. say. Um, but the the criticism, some of the criticism, like Rod Diga says, um, the criticism of Iggy Azalea is not that she's a white rapper that's doing what she does. It's more Rod Diga knows Australian artists, and what she says is that Iggy is representing a bastardized version of American hip hop, not a not, not essentially Australian hip hop. So, what is the definition of what is Australian hip hop? Uh, if it's not Iggy Azalea,
3: Aussie hip hop is. Um, I don't know. It's becoming something else now. It's definitely um, and aside from Iggy, because um, I think Rod Digger's, um description is pretty accurate there are other people that are doing that kind of us driven hip-hop back at home Um, but not to the extent of Iggy and not to obviously the success level of Iggy either but you know she made that decision and um, I guess she's living with it right now so Australian hip-hop for a time has usually been like a lot more throwback kind of soul samples a lot of guitar and the beats and stuff like that. And very, very true. Like when it comes to accent, it's very true to the, the native, like to the land. Um, so sounding very ochre is the word. But of recent, it's become a little bit more like pop driven, like bigger songs, bigger hooks. And um, that's kind of been riding the charts, but still very sample based. And now it seems like there's kind of a turn coming in Australian hip hop because um, it's been such a young Like, you know, like hip hop itself is quite young. So like, you know, an Australian version of it is even younger. Um, So it's starting to get to that point where people are making more alternative kind of hip hops, (laughs) I guess. Um, Like dudes really doing what they feel like they want to do, whether that's, you know, more slowed down, chilled, minimalist stuff. Stuff that's more, you know, based off like Detroit hip hop or, um, you know, more banging beats with like um, solid drum sounds. And then... You know, the flip side, yeah, some people are taking to that US market, you know what I mean? But it's, yeah, it's more that. It's starting to evolve now. I guess that's the,
4: the most adequately I can put it. You got anything to say? It's probably similar to here. Like People there want people just to be real with yeah. hip-hop. And If Iggy didn't come here and do what she's doing here, if she did the same thing there, she would be getting called out the same from, not by me or Remy, but by people in the scene. Because I'm all about, you can do what you want. But you just got to then understand when the criticism comes back at you. But she's been here seven years, so who knows? As in, this is, this could be authentic to her. and It probably is. Yeah. She's been in America for the last seven years of her life, so good on her for being successful. But she, she probably understands the some of the backlash she's copying.
1: The new album is, as mentioned, your new album is Roll Times Infinity, and it drops April 14th. Um, for you, it could be a different answer, obviously, for both of you, but... Which track on the album kind of best represents your overall mission of this album?
3: I'm going to say F.O.H. F.O.H. Because it handles, it has like a little interjection of everything. It's just kind of like we're doing what we do and that's all we know how to do. So, um, you know, welcome to the party if you like it. If you don't, that's cool. Just keep it moving. Um, to it has like a few little political things just scattered in there just as um, metaphors and stuff but you know that's what I'm trying to definitely trying to work on and do um, it's got banging like uh, raw drums like raw sounding drums over electronic stuff which is what a lot of our music sounds like and it's got the bounce you
4: know you stole my answer so I'm gonna go with Nigerian Sunrise Melbourne Sunset cause it's got some experimental sort of music it's got the Afrobeat percussion that I borrowed from somewhere it's got the political references it's got the cool rap for the sake of rapping stuff in it and yeah it's the most experimental song on there I think and I like that's my favourite sort of stuff so hopefully we can push that more yeah. in the future yeah
1: so of course what's next and then what's the best way for us to follow what you guys are doing and of course then get the album when it comes out All right.
3: so Next up we're going to we're going back home um, and then we roll to Europe we're doing a bunch of festivals around there and the Great Escape as well which is like their south by then we come back to Melbourne probably do some touring around Australia then head back to Berlin for two months. And work on new music as well as doing a bunch of festivals over there maybe coming back to the States in August it d- just depends on how everything rolls out but that's hopefully what's gonna happen and in the meantime like you said the album World Times Affinity" will be dropping April 14th we have a new concept mixtape that we're working on which will be dropped not long after I don't think and then after that we're also working currently on our new next album because we feel like this is what needs to be done and if you want to find us you can find us on twitter which is at remy r-e-m-i kolawole k-o-l-a-w-o-l-e um, and you can get us on facebook remy kolaweli music and you can get us on soundcloud or remzilla 3000 <laughs> and that's it uh
1: new album is as you mentioned roll times infinity drops april 14th remy and sense of J. Thank you so much for joining me on the library with Tim and Kyle on rapstation.com.
3: Thank you for having us it was
2: awesome. Thanks, Tim, Good question, again. I'm don't I get teeth marks <laughs> your And yeah, I got these <that> nuts <was> just for <laughs> the shaking around I mean, they don't the best thing I am the bestest, kind of investment I don't regret really it, that's my message You need a life lesson, fuck with the red kick You're aiming for success, son, I'm destined Beats by J. Smith, they call me Rem Weston I play the third how my school life fenced Now I'm known to kick with the bean I'm destined Like egg, shit Uh, it's so the light, son When someone touch the kick has fight, son Uh, uh, and I'm Tyson nice, You a I tell you that I'm from the vet. Think I'm a hold on the way and write all of my songs with it, huh? Call me the John of this. I'm fucking astonishing. Fist fucking a lot shit. Sailing like a strategist now, huh? See you playing lozenges now. You fucking suckers. I'ma show you all what I'm about. I'm about five foot nine with dark brown eyes. I'm about. i to tear it down, cause I'm all about burying the crowd in sound, huh? It's something so strong like a crowded house, huh? I got the whole town wilding out for hours, yeah. See that play house when they hear me like, who? Who? Who the fuck I mean like? She did this too cool. I'll make your head get spin spinning like, whoo whoo. I'm a lucky fool. Who do you have for do? what up? Uh, it's going son. And someone's gonna not fight, son. Uh, uh, and I'm tight, son. Circa uh, and so the lights on And light someone told me to catch uh, a uh, And I'm a tight So the 88 you're by sun. Did it again I guess we killed it again